Welcome back, everybody. Another episode of Bottom of the Bill. It's been a long time. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. Happy Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, all that good stuff. Yeah. Stoked to be back. Definitely. Melody Trucks in the building today. Howdy. How was your uh, New Year and Christmas and all that? It was quiet. Yeah. Yes. I feel like most people, this hopefully most people this year was pretty quiet anyways. Well, I wasn't. I've had two shows back to back. For New Christmas? Year, for New Year's. Oh. Well, and then on Christmas Eve, yeah, I had a show, too. Christmas Eve. You did, he did a little karaoke on Christmas Eve. Uh, which uh, is, karaoke and it's which, trademark. Which is a little karaoke. risky. Karaoke. Sharing microphones. So Bill's and then not I got, helping the problem, and kids. And then I got sick the next day. <laughs> there you go. I was so scared that I had COVID. I went and got tested and everything. And uh, they were just like, nope, you just have a cold. And I was like, okay, good. You know, the, you're know the I'm first person I've heard this year that got sick that wasn't COVID. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I know. That's what I'm trying to say. I'm like, uh, of all people, or, you know, I'm like, I didn't get sick the whole year, too. And then yeah. I got sick right before New Year's Eve. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, well. You do have a, uh, a pretty crazy immune system, though, I will say. Yeah, that is true. That's all the inbreeding from Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> 100%. But anyways, <laughs> we, we got to start our, this is our first cheers for the New oh, Year's. Oh, we got to do the first oh, cheers for the New right. Year's. Thanks for being here today, Melody. Cheers. Cheers, everybody. Oh, it feels good to be back doing a podcast again, I gotta say. It's yeah. Been, didn't realize how much I was going to miss it until like two or three weeks into it. I was like, I'm ready to get back to it. I mean, I haven't left my house, so yeah. <laughs> we're still in my house. It kind of feels the same to me. It's just two nice people hanging out. Yeah. Whole <laughs> nice lady, and then... Then and then the reptilian. <laughs> yeah. Somebody said that recently. But you're reptilian? No, not that, not that I was reptilian, but they were like they were they were talking to a friend of theirs and they were like, Oh, they're like, Yeah, it's Anton. And they were like, Oh, is he nice? And they were like, wouldn't say he's nice. I mean he's professional. <laughs> and then and then, and then Adam Kennaway was like he he was like uh he was like, I mean I asked what am I not a nice guy? He's like, No, you're not a nice guy. He's like, I mean you're a good person. But you're a dick. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> I, I've been watching a lot of Star Trek uh, lately, and I'm, he's Spock, for sure. Do I you, do you know him thing. very well? Do you know Tony three hundred five at all? Oh my god. Well enough. I well mean, enough. You know, we see each other on a, a semi regular basis out and about, but yeah. do I know him like personally. deeply personally? No. I think we, we haven't gotten there yet. We should we should just make this this uh, That's what we do the podcast for. You no, know, get to know Anton. Get to know Anton. <laughs> what's going on, man? Let's not do that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what's our what's our uh, fan mail looking like? Uh, we've been off for a month and Oh, uh, let's see all the fan mail we got yeah. going on. Oh, nothing. Oh, nothing. All right. Are you sure there's not a, a, a message? I thought there was a message. Maybe in there. there's a message in there. Let's there's check it out. There's one message. Nope. I got Oh, wait, hang on. I got Let one me... for Melody about some about the photos nice. and then I got then I got one out to our sponsor who didn't get back to me I yet. Did, so. I have a uh, yeah, I have uh, one right here uh, coming from uh, <laughs> here uh, 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 Albert uh, Cornelia. Yeah, what did Albert Cornelia say? Uh, he was uh, just one question. He just wants to know uh, what's your deal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, off to a good start, kids. Good to be back. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Melody, let's get into it. Okay. Uh, where, where, so I just found out you're not from Jacksonville. No. You're from Wachula, Florida. Well, I, I grew up in Wachula. Um, I was actually born in Macon. Oh, okay. You know, so, and lived there the first year and a half, two years of my life. And then we moved to Jacksonville until I was seven. And then we, I mean, I was all over the Southeast. I lived in Nashville. I lived in Daytona. I lived in Atlanta. But then by the time I was in fifth grade, that's when we ended up 
in Wachula, which is where my mom's from. Okay. So uh, that's where she grew up, went to high school. So we ended up back in her hometown, and I was there from fifth grade until I graduated from high school. So Awesome. What was mm-hmm. it like growing up there? Um, it was different. Um, Wachula is, was much different than everything else I had been brought up around. Uh, just a, a, a different culture. I grew up in big cities and went to private schools and and then I ended up in a very agricultural uh, agricultural town that just they just didn't really understand where I had come from because you know it's just so different. Big difference, you know? right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great what? people, great a great little town. It was just different. Yeah. So. And was there was there music around in that town at all? I don't remember a lot of of music as far as like bands, you know, rock and roll bands are concerned. I mean, there were cover bands that would play at the local bars, but I was too young to to go to them at that time. Um, However, my biggest influence, other than, you know, my immediate family, is actually from Wachula, and that is my band director. His name was uh, Bob Shaman, and I still talk to him. He calls me daughter number three. He has two incredible daughters, and but he's he was like my second father. He was my band director from the time I got there in fifth grade because I was already playing music before I got there. And then he was my band director from then all the way until I graduated. Really? So, yeah, he was second dad to me. No shit. Mm-hmm. That's rare that you find somebody that you're able to connect with like that and keep yeah. that going through adulthood and everything. Yeah, he's he's amazing. I've I've kept in touch with him and... You know, he's now the superintendent of schools for for my town, you know, for Wachula and, and Hardy County. And so. Awesome. Yeah. What uh, what kind of stuff was he exposing you to as far as music goes? It wasn't so much what he was exposing me to as far as, you know, the types of music. It's the opportunities he gave me to not be just in Wachula. So for this little tiny town, uh, there was only like less than 4,000 people in Wachula and Hardy County only has one high school. At least it did at the time. I don't, I I think it's still only one high school, but it's for the whole County. So it's four towns, one high school. Um, so you could get very siloed and isolated in a, a place like that. Um, but he didn't let that happen. We were one of the, like we had an incredible marching band. Um, we had an incredible concert band and we had a jazz band. And uh, marching band was constantly going to football games and marching competitions and parades all over the state, all over the southeast. Every weekend we were doing something. And then when marching season was over, we'd do that with concert band, go to contests all the time. And then jazz band was a very small group of us. And we'd literally get on a bus and go on tour for like a week and a half every year. Wow. So those types of things and and making sure that we – were exposed to things other than just our small town, and and he was he's an incredible person. What did you so. play in marching band or in band? Flute. You played flute. I did. I was gonna guess flute. <laughs> I don't know why. And I just had an idea. I thought you did. You would. I don't know why. And in jazz band too, you played flute. Mm-hmm. Oh, was, that's awesome. There was one oh, flautist, flautist, <laughs> and and I was in it. So um, there was always a spot for one flautist. So and when I, I think I got into it in my sophomore year. So I was in it sophomore, junior, and senior year. Wow. So, um, but I fortunately, because I went to private schools when I was younger, 
I was able to get into into band much sooner than the public schools did. Like when I moved to Wachula, it's a, a really funny story that Mr. Shaman likes to tell about me when I was a kid because I moved there in fifth grade and I went straight to him because I'd already been playing. I was like, I want to join the band. He's like, I'm sorry, you're you know you're too young. And I'm thinking in my little head, it's because he doesn't think I can play. He doesn't think I'm good enough. He doesn't, you know. And I'm like, I promise you I can play. But it was actually, they didn't even start beginning band until sixth grade. And that was the district policy. I didn't know that. I thought he just wouldn't think I was good enough. So I bug him all the time, all the time. And finally he's like, I was like, please just let me play for you. Just let me play for you. And so I, I played and the story he tells it's like damn girl was better than some of my eighth graders (laughs) (laughs) so um so i got a chance to start he he bent some rules for me and i got to start in fifth grade instead of beginning band in sixth grade i actually went straight into the junior high band wow that's awesome yeah so. That's super important to have people like that around you. He's not he's not sick. He's just getting over a little cold. I know, I know he really sounds like we he's already hot. talked about the fact that he's already had his COVID test. He doesn't have it. Okay. It's not even that. I'm not even sick. Like I it just Did you inhale wrong? You know you can't breathe beer. <laughs> My problem is every time that I laugh I start coughing. Mm. Which is really hard for me because it's I a laugh. really attractive quality. Okay, yeah. thank you. <laughs> I'm so sorry to interrupt. It's okay. I was trying so hard to be quiet. We could tell. Really you were like, doing really good until he pointed blood, it out. Blood red right it's, now. it's why I'm here is to make Billy feel very uncomfortable oh, about yeah. everything that he does. Mm-hmm. Appreciate it. Anyways. Um, so what kind of music was being played around the house when you were growing up? Oh gosh, um, my mom is who I grew up with. Yeah. Um, my mom and dad separated when I was really young, and I grew up listening to her favorites. Um, Joni Mitchell, Marvin Gaye, Stevie Wonder, Billy Preston, um, let's see, Seals and Crofts, uh, uh, Loggins and Messina, uh, obviously the Allman Brothers, you know. Yeah. Um, Wet Willie, Tall Dogs. I mean, there's just, you know, um, let's see, Sea Level. Sea Level's awesome. Yeah. So I, I grew up around a, a di- really diverse, you know, group of, of people that there was always something new coming in, you know, Clapton, of course, you know, Aretha Franklin, you know, those types of things. Yeah. That was your mom a musician also? No. No. Mm -mm. Okay. So she's kind of, so, okay. So were you, were you exposed to the Allman Brothers world at all when you were younger? I mean, she had to have known that world on some level. Absolutely. Um, We spent time with my dad. It's not like we didn't spend time with him, but it it wasn't a lot of time. But, you know, I remember very early on, (laughs) I remember I may have been four or five and we went to see my dad and he was going to play and he, and I was asking him where we were going to, I was wondering where we were going to be while he was playing. It's like, what are we going to do while you're playing? And he's like, oh, well, you're going to sit on the side of the stage. Hmm. I was like, okay. And I had in my mind where the side of the stage was. So we get there and I walk straight out on stage and sit on the side of it. Literally like feet dangling off the edge. There's tens of thousands of people. (laughs) And my dad literally had to walk out on stage and pull me up by my arm and pull me back. (laughs) 
<laughs> I remember that vividly. So that's awesome. Yeah. So, but my little my little brain, I was like, oh, side of the stage. I'm gonna sit on the side of the stage. That's exactly what I did. That <laughs> <So. laughs> was a pretty cool experience, though, to be that young and. I mean, looking back on it, yes. Yeah. You know, when you compare, you know, what I did with what the stat quote unquote status quo is, whatever that is. Yeah, it was really cool. But to me, when I was in it and growing up in it, that's that was my normal. Right. You right. know, it's like it, it, it took until I got older to understand that's not normal for everybody. Right. You know, right. you know, getting in a limousine after a show with Charlie Daniels and Cher and your dad is not necessarily, <laughs> pretty, you know, the most, and it's not a normal thing, but to wild, me it yeah. was that, that was my normal, you know, that's very cool. So, and I don't know if that particular combination ever happened. I know that I've been in the same room with, with them, but <laughs> You know, but those are the types of things that would happen when I was a kid. Yeah. And it's like, okay, you know. Yeah, it's just the norm. It's just what you're used to seeing. Right. I used to go see my dad play also when I was a kid, and I thought that everybody's dad was in a rock and roll band. Right. And, like, had the, the touring experience, did all that stuff. And mm -hmm. it's like, growing up and just hearing that kind of, like, those kind of stories when you're younger, it's like, oh, that much just must be what everybody's dad does just goes on the road and you know plays music and then right. i met billy and i was like oh no that's not what happens no that's not what happens <laughs> well you, you know i mean you go to church a lot as a kid yeah. <laughs> for some you know, <laughs> other people have you know everybody has their own normal and yeah. you know, i can't imagine what it's like having a you know neuroscientist as a father right yeah. or you know i there's there are things that that type of, of lifestyle is just bog mind boggling. It's like, you know, that would be so ultimately cool to have, you know, a parent who is on the cutting edge of making this world a completely, you know, different, new, better place on a daily basis. Right. That to me is fascinating. You know, so it's like, but to their kid, it's like, yeah, he does it. So, <laughs> so it, like I said, it, it took until I was older for, and, and I still have a hard time wrapping my brain around just the scope of what they did. Yeah. So now did you, did you know at that age when, when you were that young that you wanted to play music in, in some capacity? I started playing really young. Um, I knew I wanted to play the reason why I started playing flute and, it's a funny story. My mom didn't know this, but I can, I, I remember cataloging, cataloging in my brain, like while watching TV and these parents who are allowing their children to learn how to play music on TV, like sitcoms and stuff like that. And they're awful. You know, the kids are awful and the music's really loud and the parents are really stressed out and they don't want their kid to play anymore. And I'm like, well, what's the quietest instrument <laughs> that's probably true <laughs> you know what is what it and i'm not sure if flute is the quietest instrument but that was in my head it's like okay well if i play something that's not gonna be that abrasive maybe they'll let me play yeah <laughs> you know? so that's why i ended up playing flute and i played flute from you know very young until i graduated from high school but then when I got in high school, another thing that Mr. Shaman did for us is he allowed us to expand and and dig into other instruments. So I played in high school. I, I dug into clarinet, alto sax, oboe. 
I tried bassoon. That's the only one that kicked my butt. Really? I couldn't do it. <laughs> nope. I, I oboe I got bassoon. I couldn't make a single noise out of it. Wow. Um, and then I got into percussion ensembles. So every year when you're in band, they have this thing called solo and ensemble and you put pieces together and you go and play them for judges and you get scored. Um, my senior year, like usually people would do like one or two things. Um, but my senior year, I did an oboe solo, a flute solo, a flute trio, a saxophone solo, and three percussion ensembles. Wow. Yeah. Um, and so like, I was just digging in to as much as I could. I can barely play piano. That's true. (laughs) That's true. So, um, and a, a lot of that I haven't picked up in a very long time. I was going to say, you still play any of those instruments? I still have my flute. Yeah. I haven't played it in a while. And every once in a while, I think about the fact that, you know what, I really want to play again. But, you know, it just, it hasn't happened yet. Yeah. But it probably will at some point. But that's when I really started digging into percussion was in high school. And then I left and went to Tallahassee for college um, so I went to college there at Tallahassee Community College. However, I say I studied at Florida State, which is true. Um, but I basically audited a bunch of their ethnomusicology classes. Oh, nice. Um, I did African drum and dance. I did, um, Batukara Samba. But what I really dug into was Balinese gamelan. And I studied Balinese music for four years with Dr. Michael Backen at Florida State and got to go to Bali one year for the summer and study with a professor at the uh, university there um, for an entire summer. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, I had no idea. So what does that music consist of? Um, a, A gamelan is basically a percussive orchestra. And the way that it is structured is fascinating. Um, so there are metallophones and each metallophone has, a, a mate. So two people are playing the same piece or like the same part of the music, but they are, you know, when you're tuning your guitar and you've almost got it to where it's tuned, but it has that. Like a phasing that, weird right, effect. Yeah. That little bit of dissonance where it's really fast vibrating dissonance right before you get to where you're tuned. Yeah. They do that on purpose. So each set of metallophones has that shimmer to it. Wow. Um, and each person that is in it is a small part of the music. So like imagine each person being one finger on someone's hand while they're playing keyboard. So if you're missing somebody, you're missing a portion of the music. Wow. So you've got one person going bum, 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 bum. And then you've got somebody right next to them playing just a little bit different rhythm. But when, and then whoever's next to them is playing a little bit different rhythm. And then you put, there's 25 of them and you put it all together and it's this amazing I do remember Aaron. Aaron has talked a lot about this, and I just just now remember well, when you described it. Mm-hmm. What was it called again? Ba- Bal- Balinese gamelan. Yeah, gamelan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's talked about it before and everything like that. But 
I didn't really go into much detail, but so you went to Bali for, I went to Bali for a summer, for a summer and Mm -hmm. just, uh, played. That's crazy. So basically we stayed at a homestay there. Sure. And we had a gamelan Mm -hmm. there at the homestay. And then the, the instructor, the professor from their, their arts university would come and teach us at at the, the so what did you play when you were there then? What did it, well, I was one of the metallophone players. What's a, what's a metallophone? <laughs> it's like a xylophone. <laughs> it's a xylophone? Kind of, sort of, but kinda, sorta. doesn't sound like a xylophone. So it looks like a xylophone. Yes. Okay. And then you play with mallets? Sort of. No. Nope. Play with a, a wooden hammer. What? Yes. Okay. A little wooden hammer in your right hand. Yeah. And then when you strike the next note, yeah. you silence the previous note with your left hand. So your call oh, and response. Wow. So it's like well, with your left hand, it's a, 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 a another um, in, a instrument or rod that you hit, or you just do it with. No, your, you you grab it with you your just hand. Grab it. So yeah. what, what's the what's the uh, I guess the piece of is it wood or is it metal? It sounds like it should be metal. If it's the keys are are metal. Or metal. Okay. And then so, okay, I got a uh, I've got some homework for you. Sure, go ahead. Um, you ever go to Midnight Sun? Um, yeah, it's right down the street, but I haven't been in a long time. It's pretty girly. Well. It's, but a yes, cool, it's, a cool place. it's a cool little place. They cool have place. two of the Gamelon metallophones in there right really? now. Really? Yes. Okay. All right. Well, I'll, I'll I go want check it one. Out. <laughs> Are they expensive? A couple hundred bucks. Oh, okay. It's not, not too, too expensive, but expensive enough to where you know I have two kids and Christmas just happened, so I didn't yeah, <laughs> get so one. I'll, yeah, I'm not ready to check yet. it out. It's right. It's right down the street. Yeah. So they just close so early. Anyways, this is besides the point. But, but the telephone, <laughs> uh, 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 that's so. So with the whole ensemble, though, is it just twenty five metallophones? No. Um, so you have what? Sixteen uh, metallophones. Okay. And then there's at least the the ensemble that I was in. There's different groupings of it, and then they have. This thing called, um, I believe it's called a legong, where it is brass bowls that are turned upside down, mm-hmm. and it has a like a bump on the top. Oh, and then you hit the the those, those yeah. hang, hanging. What are they called? I've seen so, this before though. Um, and they we had three people that played that. Then there were four different size gongs that were the same um, sh- shape as the bowls mm-hmm. just very large versions of them but a whole percussion orchestra uh-huh. just on, just in general that just sounds incredible to listen to uh, just on paper it sounds uh, great it's it's really amazing all right well definitely so. uh, uh uh bali gargonzola what'd you say gamelan i'm just messing Jesus around that was just a joke <laughs> come on <laughs> gamelan 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 that sounds really cool though it was amazing um the way that i got into this is I had seen in the paper that there was going to be a Balinese ensemble that was playing at Florida State and I was like <laughs> I'm gonna go see that of course. so we get there and the place is standing room only and so many people showed up to see it yeah. that they had to let us come and sit on the stage wow so, so you were sitting on the so stage I with was the ensemble. sitting on the stage with the ensemble the first time I ever in it was like electricity. Yeah. And I'm thinking it's a group from Bali that has cut. No, it's a group from right here in, in Tallahassee. And they're at the school. I'm like, I'm going to go play that. That's <laughs> so awesome. I got in touch with the professor and I, I presented my case. And he was 
kind enough to let me play. Wow. So. Well, that's without having to actually attend Florida State or anything like that. I just audited the classes. Yeah. Wow. That's so. really cool. Hey, everyone. Just wanted to take a second to talk to you about one of our favorite music venues, Blue Jay Listening Room. Blue Jay is a space for true music lovers where every ticket is a backstage pass. Silence your cell phones, enjoy a nice glass of wine or craft beer, and be part of an intimate experience unlike anywhere else in Jacksonville. Hear national and local artists sing their original songs and share the stories behind them in a space carefully curated for the premier show-going experience. I personally have seen some of my favorite shows here, as well as having played in some of my heroes. Not only is Blue Jay a wonderfully unique experience, it has become a staple in the Florida music scene. Mention Bottom of the Bill on your next visit and receive 10% off your tab. Blue Jay is located at 2457 3rd Street South, Jacksonville Beach, and be sure to check out www.bluejayjacks.com for news, ticketing, and events. So um, I say I went to Florida State, but I didn't really. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but I did, I, but I didn't. I know so many people that went to TCC that, did, that mm-hmm. say the same thing. Yeah, I went to Florida State. It's like, but you didn't. But it's but cool. But I actually took you, four years of classes at Florida State. I just didn't get a degree from there. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah. Now, did you did you play in any bands like outside of doing the ensemble stuff? No. Did, did you play in any bands when well, you were younger? I was in one band um, in when I lived in Tallahassee for a very short period of time, but okay, yeah, it wasn't. A, I was. They asked me to come and play congas with them to play drums with them, and and they were a great band. It just wasn't a good fit. Yeah, and it also just wasn't what i was doing at the time yeah so i was actually in a gosh at that time i was in a in a dance company um we were doing a rock ballet of woodstock and i ended up being a dancer a choreographer i put the band together i did the live music i helped like basically i helped with the every aspect of the show okay and that was a couple years of my life there that was a whole lot of fun wow Mm -hmm. so from from there there when did you get linked up with the freight train band and 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 what i'm sure there's i'm sure there's a large gap of time that i'm missing here huge yeah so explain (laughs) like maybe explain some of that period of time that i'm missing there well there's a huge gap of that time because i separated myself from that for a while after i left tallahassee i moved up to atlanta um and actually <laughs> uh, completely out of left field i actually became a professional big band swing dancer while i was in atlanta really yeah Man, you're all <laughs> over the place this is awesome this is probably the best backstory i've ever had or um yeah, it was it, when the Gap commercial came out. That's what, you know. No shit. Um, and the huge swing resurgence came. I was in Atlanta for that and ended up as a dancer for one of the clubs that was in Buckhead. Um, so there was a group of us that we were, quote unquote, house dancers. We would go and we would start dancing and that would bring other people in. And then we'd dance with other people, teach them you know how to do stuff and um then we ended up like i did commercials i did halftime shows i did yeah um like i was i did the halftime show for the orange bowl i was part of the halftime show for the entire uga season that year um i actually (laughs) 
had a quote unquote Christmas miracle because I did a commercial with Big Bad Voodoo Daddy. It was actually the intro to the NBA games on TNT for an entire season. Wow. And I had this VHS tape that had like the footage on it. Yeah. And the last time that I looked at it, it was so damaged. I, you couldn't see I'm sure it. It's on YouTube somewhere. It's not, it's not. You've looked. No, okay, I've looked. That would be a nice little clip to put in there. Yeah. <laughs> well, the funny thing is my mother-in-law who just moved to Florida from, um, Kansas city. Um, she gave me and my husband a VHS player for Christmas this she has like three or four of them from when she moved and she gave us one of them and I put that tape in and it worked. No, no kidding. So uh, after like 20 years of thinking I didn't have this footage anymore, all of a sudden I have it again. Wow. So I'm all excited. Yeah, that's so cool. <laughs> so, so I did that for a few years and then um, I ended up moving here and I moved here because my dad's entire family is here. I don't know if you know, but my dad grew up here. Yeah. Okay. Um, In Jacksonville? Mm-hmm. Okay. So his brother and his sister both live here. His Both of his parents lived here when I moved here. Um, both of his parents are now gone, but um, they lived here. Like I said, my, my entire family lived here. And I had started dating the man who is now my husband. Um, and so that kind of brought me here, too. Um and I got married and I had kids and I worked and had a family, you know, for years. And I wasn't in, I wasn't performing. I wasn't playing music. I was, you know, I consciously was like, you know what, I'm going to focus on my family. And so that's what I did. Good. And then, um, now my kids are, my daughter just turned 17 in October and my son will be turning 19 in two weeks. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, not even two weeks. Anyway. Um, <laughs> and uh, so at about the time that I started all of this up, they were old enough to where I didn't need to be home all the time. You know, so um, the way the whole freight train thing started was... Do you guys know about Roots Rock Revival? Yeah. Yeah. So it's the a music master's camp up in the Catskills that my father started with O'Teal Burbridge and Luther and Cody Dickinson from the North Mississippi All-Stars. Um, and it's one of the most magical weeks of the year for me. I was really bummed we couldn't do it this year because of, or last year because of everything. But um, so... One of the really cool things about this camp is that it, you, all ages go to this camp. One of the ways that Taz Niederauer got his start was through Roots Rock. You know, it's not the only way, obviously, but, you know, he made a lot of connections there. And um, so he's kind of, you know, legendary alumni of of, of roots rock yeah, that kid's ridiculous he is yeah. ridiculous. he's not a kid though anymore he's no getting, he's, he's getting up there he's, yeah well, when i first saw, I, saw, I saw him back in bear, bear creek in 2012 mm-hmm. so that's eight years ago and he yeah. was 12 then right or nine um, or ten or something i'm not sure he's becoming he's, a full, yeah. full-blown adult now yeah he's well, an adult it, the the issue it, with me was you know the the ones the one roots rock he was 
shorter than me and then the next fruit truck he's he like was taller, taller than me yeah. <laughs> i was like okay <laughs> but i remember okay. seeing him uh, at uh, uh bear creek uh, i think it was yeah either 2011 or 2012 yeah. and uh, he, he's he, amazing he was he's smaller than his guitar that he's playing mm-hmm. to tony and he just like was just just crushing it yeah. Yeah. it was nothing yeah, yeah he's, he's he's amazing but i didn't know that that's that's where he uh well i guess he was so connected with uh uh the middle brothers and everything like that mm-hmm. that and then he went up there right. that's but, awesome though but he he like i said he would come to roots rock every year and there is this amazing like well of children that are coming to this camp and just oh man they are insanely talented and one of those his name is hub chasen and he's from tallahassee and then he moved to new orleans um but my dad was going to be in tallahassee at the same time that hub was doing this like open mic thing like not open mic but it was like a, a jam night that he was doing um and i came to town to see my dad because he was he was going to d- do a presentation at pegasus studios or what was pegasus studios which was my father's studio which now i believe is owned by fsu i'm not 100 percent sure but um so my dad was going to be in town and so hub invited him to come to this this jam night that he put together and we all went to dinner beforehand and I got up the gumption to pull hub aside and say, listen, my father's never heard me sing except lullabies to my kids. And he's like, he pulled out the set list. He's like, pick something. So I surprised my dad at this jam that night. And, um, so that was the first time my father had ever heard me in front of, you know, basically doing rock and roll um and i sang statesboro which when i went on on tour with freight train that's what i sang every single time (laughs) but um and that was also the same night that my dad met heather gillis because she was part of that as well and she like she completely blew him away so he was so impressed with with her stage presence and the way that she played um, he saw so much potential in her, and just, yeah, we played a couple of shows with her. She's, she's great. fantastic. Yeah, yeah, her whole band's really good. Um, and so, the next freight train tour, Heather was going to be a special guest on that tour, um, and I went down to the Funky Biscuit in Boca Raton. Hi, Al. Um, <laughs> and was going to see it. You know, I just went to, you know, spectate. And I was there for sound check, and Heather and I were kind of sitting at that um, VIP bar on on the like next to the green room. Yeah, we, she and I were sitting there talking, and I hear my dad go, "Melody, yeah." He's like, "You want to sing Statesboro tonight?" I was like, "Yeah." yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how the whole freight train thing started. Awesome. So, and what was it like being able to kind of do that with your dad? It was great. Yeah. Um. You know, my dad and I have had a very up and down relationship my entire life um, for a lot of different reasons, Um, none of which I really want to dig into. Sure, yeah, of course. But to be able to spend that time with him, um, the, the best thing about those runs were basically anytime that they toured Florida and South Georgia, I would go with them and sit in and they had their their van you know that they were traveling in 
but when I went, he would ride in the car with me. And it was literally the only time I know of in my life where it was just me and my dad for hours and hours at a time on the road. And that's time that I'm so immensely grateful for. Yeah, for sure. That's great. I heard uh, a lot of amazing things and I heard a lot of things I wish I hadn't. (laughs) Because, man, my dad loved to talk. (laughs) It's like, oh, about this one time, like, la, 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 I don't want to (laughs) know. Please, dad, I don't want to know. So... But, you know, he's like, oh, we're grown ups. I'm going to tell you anyway. I'm like, oh, oh boy. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> so. So, so then the freight train band was already like a thing when you kind of, when you, when you hopped on board with it. And did you become like a full time member? Or? I was never a quote unquote full time member. Um, I was part of the band when they were in the Southeast. But once again, you know, I was, you know, still mom and had to have a job. And, you know, I've got, you know, I, I can't even to this day I can't just drop everything and go off for yeah sure you know yeah I I, I do have a nine to five well seven thirty to four uh, <laughs> job that you know I'm I'm a quote unquote IT nerd I do you know SharePoint design and reporting and foundational controls I mean so it's like I do get paid time off and that's when we go on tour yeah yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, so. I mean it's hard to it's hard to manage the like to manage all of that for no. sure. I mean, so. now, uh, did, was the freight train kind of like the inspiration to start Melly Trucks Band, or how did that come to fruition? <sighs> um, that came to fruition because my father died. Okay. Yeah. Um, it was in my mind at the time, the way that I could heal from what happened. Looking back on it now, now that COVID has made me stop, um, it's the way I was running from dealing with it um, in the best way possible. I, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not, you know, putting anything like saying it was a bad idea. It was, it, you know, obviously what came from it is beautiful and magical and I could not be more grateful. And that's where the walking and gratitude came from. But on a personal level, where I was thinking I was doing it to heal, now that I have had to stop, I've realized that I was just running from it. So it's it's this whole COVID lockdown has really made me have to go through it and dig through it. The first few months for me was really hard. Yeah, I can imagine. So... Yeah, so it was it was because he died, and you know I was like, I had waited until I was in my forties before I even let people know that I could do what I was doing, what I wanted to do, and now that my father is gone, and I'm thinking to myself, I don't have, I don't know if tomorrow's going to be here. If I'm going to do this, I better do it. So I did. That's really inspirational. Seriously. I, I just think it's so awesome to, 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 yeah, like not trying to say by any means you weren't doing anything musical your entire life because you were, mm-hmm. but and then, you know, being like, you know, fuck it, I'm going to, I'm doing this. Pretty much. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah for sure. And you found like the best people to do it with too. No, no <laughs> kidding. And your band you know? kicks ass. <laughs> <laughs> yes, 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 they actually really do. And 
I'm oh, talking about them. I get all like, I get all verklempt. Uh, <laughs> because the way it all came together was so organic. I've been accused of like cherry picking musicians in town. And I didn't do that. I really didn't. Um, I actually feel like my father kind of had a hand in it because I met all of them indirectly through my dad. And I got the idea that I was going to put a band together and literally two weeks later, I had all of them. And I think we've and had every single one of them on the show except for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't think Isaac's been here yet. Isaac's not Isaac been here. Has not. Yeah. So Willis sorry. hasn't been here either. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm so sorry. Yeah. But we've but had anyway, 70% a lot of, your of them, yes. Yeah. But um, so I met Willis because Monty Blue opened for Freight Train and twice. Yeah. And so I met him that way, and we, we developed a really incredible friendship. He's actually one of the people that really helped me through those first really dark months after my father passed away. Um, and then, you know, I went to go and sit in um, with Heather at 1904 at one point, and she was... <laughs> she was playing in 1904 and Bonnie Blue was opening for her and they were both opening for Corbett Clampett. So that's, I actually met Isaac on stage. Never heard him play before, never seen him before. And I'm singing and all of a sudden, holy Jesus, this guy is playing harmonica. I almost yeah. forgot to sing. I was yeah. like, oh my God. <laughs> you know, so, and, and I met him and Brady that night and, and then I, another time I went to go and sit in with Bonnie Blue and they were doing the 1904 block party mm -hmm. Yeah. and they were playing outside and there was something with the, the equipment or the stage was delayed or something like that. And it ended up, they didn't play until like an hour after they were supposed to. And I sat in with them and then Willis was like, Hey, I'm going to go sit in with some friends of mine inside. Do you want to go with me? I was like, sure. And this band let me walk on stage and sing with them sight unseen. And they were fantastic. I was like, holy crap, these guys are amazing. It was Gingerbeard Man. Nice. And so I met them that night. And, you know, West was like, hey, you ever need a rhythm section? Just let me know. And literally li within two weeks, it was all it all came together. We so. love Wes and Sean so much. Oh, yeah. God, they're the funniest people on the planet. And Shane too. Oh, Shane. So sorry too. Yeah. Wes Shane, too. Of yeah, but, yeah. All of them. They're like, and apparently, obviously they all knew each other before I ever came along, but I'm meeting them in, you know, different ways. And then, you know, uh, they had all talked about the fact that they wanted to put a project together or do something with each other at some point. And I came along and went, here we go. <laughs> yeah. There you go. And and it was, like I said, it, it, I made the decision that I was going to put a band together. And then two weeks later, I had those guys. So what was that like, putting together a band full of like different band leaders? Because that's got to be a bit of a, uh, a hurdle at some sometimes. Yes and no. I mean, it, it, they all work really great together, yeah. you know? I mean, yes, there are times when we're doing songwriting and stuff like that where we will have differing opinions or differing ideas of what we're going to do next. And it can get a little tense, but um, 
I don't know if you've heard O'Teal's expression of um, radically embracing creative tension because the most amazing things come out of that tension. And so while, yes, there that, that tension it can be there sometimes, first of all, it's never gotten to the point where any of us were like, yeah, screw you, I'm out of here. You know, it's like we're family and families... Yeah, they ebb and flow. Yeah. You know, sometimes it's great and everything's flowing and other times we're butting heads, but who doesn't, you know? Yeah, for and sure. what comes out of it is <laughs> is pretty amazing. So So what is radical radical what is it? Radically embracing creative tension. So what does that mean? It means being okay with butting heads. Yeah. Not only being okay with it, but like leaning into it. Yeah. And seeing what comes out of it. That's interesting. Because there's been times where, like, especially when we're writing stuff collectively we fight as a band, every second of the day. You, you, what, you, how do you well, not know what she's talking about? No, you, you, you and I fight all the time. But I'm saying yeah. when, we're, when we're writing collectively as a band, yeah, it's like we ha- like there's these moments where we all might have a different, like a slightly different interpretation mm-hmm. of what uh, of what to do in this moment, and somebody, it's usually. It's usually like I one get, of us I two. I really ang- I know what you're talking about. I'll get like real angry when I'm like writing music with a group of people, and it's not like it. I from the outsider's perspective, you just look angry, but really, like you said, it's just like the the tension or whatever. Yeah, yeah. that's one I'm of like, the. No, things. no, no, no. no. <laughs> just do it. Do it this way. Do it this way. And it's like shut up. Well, first <laughs> of all, it's really hard to get people to understand what's going on in your own yeah, mind. Yeah, yeah. Totally. And and the fact that we are not mind readers, that is going to create tension because. I can explain something to you and think I've explained it perfectly, but somebody else is going to translate it. Oh, I know that is so frustrating. So, but, and just so you know, this whole, you know, what I was talking about with O'Teal is something that he talks about at Roots Rock. This is one of his master classes. is, you know, one of the things that he talks about is this radically embracing creative tension. And it's like, because some of the most inspired stuff comes out of when you don't just do the status quo, oh, well, this sounds good. And that's it's like, what's not, yeah, it sounds good. What sounds great. And that's, you know, that's kind of the point that I was getting to is that like, when we get into these, like, there'll be like several of us with these different interpretations and then maybe one or two people are like really kind of set in their way mm-hmm. and and sometimes we can either all just like succumb to that and say, okay, well, you know what? Like maybe that way is the best way. Or sometimes there's a compromise to be made mm-hmm. through that tension. And then that, that compromise yields like the best possible result. Exactly. Like the outcome was better than any one idea that anybody else had. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I totally get like that. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. But it, it is it is very frustrating in those moments that you're yes. like, yo, you can go to hell. Yeah. <laughs> like I'll fucking walk out this room right now. <laughs> but but instead of you can go to hell, I'm going to walk out this room. How about, you know, like I said, leaning into it and going, OK, I know I understand this is uncomfortable, yeah. but what's going to come out of it? Yeah. You know, don't just throw up your hands guys, say, fuck it, I'm out. It's like dig. But everybody's got to be willing to dig. You know, it, it's got to, you've got to be able to be on in, in those uncomfortable spaces. Is there a, is there like a, like a, in, in any of the songs on the album, for for instance, is there like a, something that, that in any of those songs where you can point to that being, being like the outcome of that, one of those scenarios? Um, yeah, actually. Um, the, in, oh gosh. In, I believe it's Pride Comes Before the Fall. 
there's a, a section in the center of one where we break into this Latin beat. And we, before we figured out what we were going to do, we kept hitting roadblocks. What's going to be here? What's going to be here? What's going to be here? And, and we were all going in circles and, um, you know, everybody had their idea and it was all wildly different. And then after, you know, God knows how long of us just hitting brick wall after brick wall, the one quiet person through the whole thing, which was Sean, sits up and he's like, I hear a Latin beat here. And we all went, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. It's exactly what we did. Wow. So, that's yeah. awesome. So, yeah, that's that's the perfect example of it. So. Yeah, I mean, you got to go through those moments when you're uh, when you're writing music together. It's just, it's just gonna happen. That's like not even like a band leader thing, like a bunch of band leaders. That's just literally what happens when you have a, mm-hmm. a bunch of creative minds in one situation, you know. Yep. So, as far as like, are, is Melody Trucks the, like the band? Are you, are you guys uh, self booked, self managed, and all that? Um, well, we were up until right before COVID. Hit. Right, right. <laughs> um, we are self-managed. I, I manage what we do, but we we did sign with a, a booking agency right before COVID hit. Okay, so. cool. Who are you working with? Uh, you don't want me asking. <laughs> Speakeasy. Speakeasy. Justin. Justin Roper. Yeah, he's, nice. he's amazing. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, he helped us a ton when we were doing our tour through. We were supposed to do our tour with Andrew Scotch and the River Rats. Mm-hmm. I remember that. And, yep. I was going to play on my birthday in Nashville. That'd be nice. Yep. Yeah. Music Hall. <laughs> yep. What are you going to do? Go Which, by the way, one of my best friends owns. Oh, yeah? What, what, uh, Asheville Music Hall, really? Uh-huh. What, oh, awesome. what, was, what was his name? Brian Good. Brian, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's literally, that's like the 1904 of like of Asheville. Yeah. I love that place. Yeah. It's that's my favorite amazing. place to play oh, there. Amazing. Yeah. So far, we haven't played there yet because he kind of took ownership or co-ownership um kind of not too long before everything went crazy oh, um we've time. played at the salvage <laughs> station a couple of times okay. there. that place is really cool it's too. a lot of fun i went there when it was freezing cold oh gosh but what's so and cool, everything's open <laughs> everything's open but what they have is these like giant like huge fire pits like all mm. over the place and everything like that it, i saw a uh, perpetual groove there awesome and I, I thought that was one of the coolest shows i think we went to it was like january mm-hmm. great time to go to yeah, the mountains yeah. <laughs> so the last time that we played there um so i don't know if you know but artemis pile lives yep. relatively close yeah and he and my dad were really good friends mm. so um i got in touch with him um actually the time before that we had gone and he was at this this other bar after we played we we went and you know i I talked to him and he gave me his number and so the next time we played i called him i was like hey we're going to be playing in town so he came to the show and can i tell you how intimidating it is because you know what Ash, what, what salvage station looks like, right? Yeah, yeah. Big open floor, and it's then there's giant, tables in the back. It's a giant garage. Like Kinda, huge, yeah. huge, like uh, almost like a plane hanger garage. Oh, right. Awesome. He gets a chair, Yeah. brings it right up to what? the rail, <laughs> sits down, crosses his arms, and, and just stares. Oh, yeah. my God. I'm like, hi. Yeah. <laughs> but we had him play with us that night, which okay. was awesome. And then he got up, played a song with us, and then you know we thanked him and then the next song we start playing and he's he literally came right back out grabbed some of my like hand percussion and played with us for the rest of the night oh that's, that's awesome cool. it was so amazing had so much fun yeah i'll bet i'll bet that's <laughs> yeah. really cool yeah it was really cool 
So what was it like kind of taking on all the, like that whole leadership role, the booking, the managing coming from not having really delved too deep in the music world for a long time. And then all of a sudden kind of taking on this role with a bunch of guys who have been doing it themselves for a long time. It's a little intimidating. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but I mean, the guys are great. You know, they helped me. Um, I also, it's very fortunate that I know, I have a pretty decent network of people that I know already. So it wasn't too terribly hard, quote unquote. Not that it's, how, how do I, it's probably was easier for me than it would be for a lot of other people. Yeah. So, and I don't take that for granted. Yeah. <laughs> at all. No, I mean, so. it's any, any leg up in this industry you can get is it's still promised to nobody. You know, exactly. so it doesn't really matter what that is, but, um, but yeah, but even even still though, I mean, there's there's it's it's just being able to kind of like figure out like okay, well, it's going to cost us this much to get here, and we need to make this much money in order to do this. Like, was there a lot a lot of that going through your head, or was it more just about like trying to get the name out there? Um, it was more about trying to get the name out there. Um, I because I have a good job, you know, I've been able to take on some of the financial stuff on on my own. Plus. Carve, Carve Craft Vodka has helped us out a whole lot. Thank you. We love you guys. Uh, <laughs> they've really been amazing to us and 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 sponsored us and and helped us through a couple of rough patches when we you know, you know, we just things aren't coming in right now. Um, and you know, so like our first tour, <laughs> our first tour, I basically financed the entire run up and down. Wow. So I wasn't necessarily too worried about what we were making obviously i wanted to make sure i regained some of it i can't do it again it was yeah. pretty much as <laughs> but uh at the you know i wanted to make sure that we had a good solid first run and so we went all the way the, this was the first year i took the the band to roots rock so we toured all the way up the east coast and back down again yeah i, so. I remember that when you guys did that it's pretty awesome yeah it was a lot of fun what so you guys got a sponsorship uh, it was a vodka company yeah carve craft vodka yeah, they're the ones that did the the festival with the tongue mm-hmm. oh okay cool yeah and so what i've been i was actually i remember what, i remember seeing that when you got you guys had, had announced like a sponsorship mm-hmm. a while back with them and i was wondering what that actually looks like for tours i remember we tried doing something similar but there was no like monetary uh, uh contribution but what and I, without any any real specifics, but right. I'm just curious as to how you approach a company like that and say, "Hey, do you want to sponsor our tour? What do you offer them in return for their contributions?" Well, um, you know, we definitely will mention them. You know, I've worn their shirts on stage before. Okay. Um, I when I was when I had stickers on my my drums, I had a carved sticker on there. Um, you know, mentioning them on social media, making sure to, you know, but they didn't sponsor the tour. They, they have helped us here and there when they could. And when we, you know, if we needed it, but it's not like a, you know, but they've been fantastic, you know, and, and though I don't want to say that I approached them or that they approached me. I think this was at, uh, gosh, it was in Bayard, I think they had a, a booth in Bayard and we met, it was Sam and I met that night, Sam Durham. And we just started talking and he's like, Hey, if you ever need anything. And 
we just kept that relationship going. That's so, awesome. Yeah, he's yeah. A, a, an amazing guy. That's so because we're getting sponsored. But we're just getting scotch. <laughs> I mean, hey, man, they gave us some vodka to take on the road. Too. There's, there's, there's nothing wrong with getting scotch. Harlson nope. Scotch uh, Company, He's guys. Amazing. They're amazing. Uh, and I'm very grateful for their contributions. Absolutely. We, get, we started getting those uh, uh, biodiesel van uh, 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 switch in our car. And we can just start putting, putting the scotch, scotch in the gas tank, bud. That's a really good idea, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is coming from the guy that every problem we have with the van is the alternator well it's so. it, I, but i wasn't you know i was close <laughs> anyways i'm gonna i'm gonna get a, a, a another glass of wine yeah me too okay. can you grab me one too actually bring the bottle in here yeah just bring the bottle in here why not cool. I'll, be, I'll be right back cheers cheers well, mine's drink now but. <laughs> <laughs> so i'm curious as to what the recording process was like for, for the album where'd you guys record at so Leading up to actually going into the studio, I, coming from where I came from, I'm very cautious about who I'm, I do business with. Yeah, you should be for sure. Um, you know, just because so many of my family members have, have been knocked around a few times, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, I try and, and be very deliberate with who I do business with. And I was having a hell of a time trying to figure out who I was going to approach about recording this record. So I talked to the guys and each one of them, they're like, oh, I've worked in this studio before. It was great. I've worked with them. It was great. You know, and all of them sounded great. But it, I didn't have that confident feeling like that's the road I want to go down. Uh, I felt like I still needed to do more research. And um, right about this time was, do you remember that trend on Facebook where people were like their top 10 records, you know, and yeah. they, they do the critique of the record, you know, blah, blah, blah. I made fun of that so hard. I put like every now, now one, now two, I did now the same three. thing. Yeah. No, you didn't. You I did. Idea. I did William hung and did all that stuff. No, I just, it was now one through 10. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> well, my brother did a lot of them. Like he went one through 10 and then kept going. And Valor's insights on things are, Valor's one of the most intelligent people I've ever met in my life and growing up with him was really tough <laughs> great but tough because gosh he's so smart anyway um great musician too oh yeah. gosh like one of the best walking the earth right now um but anyway um so he had done his one through ten but he, there were so many others that he wanted to to touch on so he kind of kept going with it and Right about that same time is when Dickie fell and got and hit his head and got hurt. Um, so Valor did a review on Pattern Disruptive, which is one of Dickie's solo albums, and he was talking about the the album itself, but then also the fact that it was recorded at Pegasus, which was my father's studio, and that's kind of where we first, you know, met Warren and Alan. Yeah, Warren Haynes and Alan Woody, yeah. and then um, because they were playing with Dickie on that album, and then 
he started he he said blah 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 you know talking about pegasus studios and dave murphy was the and i literally like every nerve ending in my body zinged at the same time i was like (sighs) i read dave's name and i was like him (laughs) literally it was like my dad put his hand on my head and went yes wow and i was like so i literally i literally could like caught my breath i was like dave murphy dave murphy he was my father's lead engineer at pegasus dave murphy why didn't think of dave before so i fortunately my brother had his name linked and i clicked on his name and we were already facebook friends and his you know he his link went to the studio that he owns now um which has his business number and i was like yes so (laughs) i called my brother first and i was like Baylor, if you were going to record a record would you feel confident in dave doing it he's like oh hell yeah it's like that's all i need (laughs) (laughs) so i literally immediately called dave after and we ended up recording with him at um tallahassee recording in you know i mean and with his partner at winterstone studios and or yeah winterstone sound excuse me and it was the most amazing uh experience because i was working with someone who literally cut his teeth working with my father and dave is the nicest guy (laughs) on the planet and like just an, an incredible ear an incredible personality we all felt really comfortable uh, like some of the guys say it was the best studio experience they've ever had it was my first studio experience so i i don't really have anything to compare it to but it was it was perfect all the way the every experience there i mean i wouldn't have done it any other way that's awesome yeah so was he involved in like producing the record too, or just or just like recording? Did it all. He did it all. Okay. Mm-hmm. Did, was it? Um, I don't know how to ask this. What was it? Um, electronically that he was recording it, or was it kind of like I don't want to say like the old school way of doing it, but like it it was through Pro, Pro Tools. Okay, through Pro yeah. Tools and everything. I was just wondering if if, if he was going that far it back. It wasn't analog. Well, no. exactly like analog uh, no. uh, recording and everything like that. I was just like, who's got who, time or money for that anymore? I'm just anyways. saying. <laughs> I'm sure he, that he did that at one point in time. Mm-hmm. You, you know. I'm not trying to say that, you know, the thing you that was, adapt, yeah, but. the thing that was really cool with the way that he approached it, though, was he like my biggest fear about recording a record is a lot of the new stuff that comes out now. It sounds like it was recorded in a vacuum. There's no depth to it. You mm. can't hear into the music. You can't hear the the space between the notes. It's yeah. all very flat to me. And I did not want that. I wanted it to sound like when you put your headphones on, you f- you feel like you're in the room that it was recorded in. See, yeah. And, you know, I want to hear the people breathing in the background. I want to hear the rustle of the chair or whatever it is that, that gives it that the flaws that make it perfect. Yeah. And he totally went into this with the philosophy of making the, the record sound like it was recorded in the early 70s which is you know he did a fantastic job with our record yeah i thought it sounded that, great because that, yeah. that's what i was thinking about it when i was listening to it that with that same feel and i was like oh it sounds like a 70s rock record and yeah. i was like 
did they freaking record this on tape? Like, no, <laughs> we didn't analog it, but that's what a, a genius. The, yeah, the to make it is. make it sound like that and yeah. everything like that. Because you're, you're right, it does sound a lot of albums, especially uh, 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 local bands where you know do it yourselfers. It'll sound so just fake and just like perfect. I don't know. It sounds it sounds too good. I don't yeah, know it's to like I said, it. it sounds like it's recorded in a vacuum. Yeah, and, yeah. and it's like I I just I couldn't. I couldn't it's like all right I'm in my late 40s and I'm gonna put out a record and it sounds like crap <laughs> I just, I no it sounded it. good I remember no, when no, you my, the, the right I just couldn't I couldn't stomach the idea oh, of it yeah. actually sounding like crap oh, so I, I was see. like no the what we have out there sounds fantastic, yeah, it's fantastic. Dave did amazing I'm Dave gonna... and his uh the guy that he works with Pete so Dave did the um the recording and the producing and, and Pete did the master we were, uh, I remember we were driving to a gig in St. Pete, uh, Ringside Cafe, when mm-hmm. you guys released it, and then we were listening to it on Spotify, we were listening to it while the sun was going yeah. down, and we were going over the flyover <laughs> ramp and everything like that, I think it was the Freight Train song? Yeah. Yeah. That's the, that's the song. I remember that song the most of it. Okay. Anyways, but I remember, yeah, we listened to it first take. Right. Yay. Yeah, Thank it's, you. it's a great, great album. album. What, what, Couldn't believe it. I can't remember the name of the song. There's one that you and Brady kind of go back and forth on, I think. Can you feel me now? That's yeah. a, that's <laughs> a that's great a song. One. That's yeah. a good one, too. Yeah. <laughs> that's a lot of fun. Yeah. I like that. Yep. Yeah, that's a great song. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that album must have been a pretty collaborative effort then as far as like who wrote what songs. Oh, gosh. Everybody wrote. Everybody, I mean, literally everybody. Um, I think the only person in the band that doesn't have a like a lead songwriting credit is Sean, and that's because he he's like, you know what, maybe maybe next record, you know. But everybody had the opportunity. Everybody and I like some of them were written by just one person. Some of them were written collaboratively, but every single person in the band was the lead writer on at least one song. That's awesome. So when you started the uh, Melody Trucks band, um, what what year was that? 2017. 2017, okay. Which, that's the same time we started doing Side House and everything like yeah. that. Because we went all through almost the exact same process where we, we were all in bands before, mm-hmm. and we all, uh, he, Anton was trying to get a band started and everything like that, and he was basically hiring and auditioning people. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's what that's what we came to the conclusion of everybody brought a song right basically and uh it's i don't know our second album that we're coming out with we're actually all writing songs together mm-hmm. and i was just wondering are you are you getting to that point now or is it still more of just like uh uh everyone's bringing up a song and working on it that way basically it's you know we're keeping it as organic as we can right you know, if I like, I wrote a song. Yeah. I have a song that we've we've worked on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but and Isaac has a song that he's you know that he brought in, and you know, it, it's like, you know, we haven't had a songwriting session where we sit down and start from scratch. Sure. Yeah. But we all collaborate on everything exactly so. yeah it, it seems like that's kind of the case uh with like any any band in general it's like somebody comes with an idea mm-hmm. and then everybody uh gets together and, and write it but i get so uh uh just elated when you all come together and you just you start writing something at the same time mm-hmm. we literally just started doing this nice. <laughs> like like this like this year when we had all this time off with COVID, uh we started writing songs together um where basically it was like we we had an idea for a song somebody would come with an idea for a song but it's like 
a, a, a hook. Like the one that I wrote right now, or that yeah. we're writing together right now, I wrote, it might be eight beats long. Yeah. And then we we're all mm-hmm. writing it together. Yeah, like, that's I awesome. Think that's really like new to ideas it. and stuff. That's, yeah. It's, it, it, it's hard, but as soon as you start getting that, uh, uh, that, that family feel with it, I don't know how else to describe it. You start... It's a creative well, you write, flow, start you know? writing like and you become like a like a, a single unity. You start really writing like amazing songs. Absolutely, I mean, it, it, one of the things that I've I've said from the beginning, like this band might be, it, it might have my name on it, mm-hmm. but it's not mine. Right. Yeah. It's ours. Yeah. You know, these guys, you know, they are as much the Melody Trucks band as I am. Oh yeah, of course. You know, Honestly, I mean, actually, maybe even more so. They're, they're, I, I'm so lucky. I'm so lucky. That's all I have to say. They're, yeah. they're, they're fantastic. So. Do you guys have any plans uh, to work on next record? Or are you guys writing stuff right now? Or what's... We're all kind of doing, you know, we're writing independently right now. Um, the band itself, we've had a lot of family stuff. Um, like Wes just had a baby not yeah. too long oh, ago. Congrats, Wes. Yeah, I forgot way. about Sarah, that. Actually, yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, I want to squish that baby, but I have not, <laughs> I have not, as of yet, I have not met the young Jude yet. I've been trying to, just because, you know, I, I have family members who work with the public and so I would feel so bad. so i'm waiting but gosh he's so cute he is very Um, cute you know and then isaac's been up in north carolina and Uh you know so it's we haven't through all of this fortunately the family things came when the world stopped so it hasn't been choose between the band and the family of course and so you know yes we're doing some stuff like individually that when we finally do have a chance to sit down and dig into stuff we're gonna have a lot of we got a lot of fun yeah <laughs> for sure so. i can't wait for it to, to start back but you don't have a you don't have a, uh, any shows coming up or anything like that yet no no not, not yet. yet it's okay not yet um just because things are just too up in the air right I, now. I completely agree with you yeah, yeah it, i that's about I, I did want to I, I wanted to brush up on a little bit and not not specifically to you guys or to us or anybody else but just in general i feel like there's kind of like this weird dynamic right now like florida is kind of like at the forefront of mm-hmm. keeping live music going which is like an insane thing to think about we were yeah. always kind of on the back burner of right. the music industry but it's like now we're kind of the only state that's open and doing things. I feel like, like it's kind of a double-edged sword, Almost sword right definitely. now. It's like one of those, those things where it's like, well, you know, there's live shows going on. There's, there's been a few festivals here and there. And it's like, well, us being like an up and coming band, don't want to miss out on the opportunities because people are going yeah. and other bands are doing it at the same time. Do at you want to be known at that band as that you, band? It's a bad that's look. Like, yeah. yeah. Sure. Like when everything so, gets back to normal, you were help perpetuating the bullshit. Right. You know? <laughs> so it is definitely a double edged sword. It's something that actually um, Isaac and I were talking about on the way here because, you know, we as the Melody Trucks band, we were really starting to gain some serious steam yeah. right before all this happened. Mm-hmm. We had signed a couple major tours and some major festivals, and we were really like, yeah, let's go. And then it all got pulled out from under us. And my, you know, uh, 
insecurities. It's like, I don't want us to become irrelevant. I don't want us to seem like we are purposely not doing anything. But at the same time, you know, um, like I saw a news article yesterday, like literally calling out St. Pete for all of their massive New Year's Eve parties. And like... You know, so it's like article did like a news article. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, uh, and literally like a news article about the fact that there were people out everywhere, and there was you know, and it's like, well, you know, you've got some people who are like, thank God I got something I can do, and I get to see live music again, and and oh my gosh, thank you for keeping it going, while you've got other people are they're going, what the hell is wrong with you? Yeah. You yeah. <laughs> so it's like. We're in a really, really strange position where it's like, you know, I like once again, I'm fortunate because I have a day job. But um, for those people that this is this is how they earn their living. Right. It's like this is how they pay their bills. You can look at somebody and say, what the hell do you think you're doing? It's like, dude, I'm just trying to survive. You know, I'm just trying to, to eat. You know, and you're going to make me feel bad about the fact that I need food. Right. You know, that $600 that hasn't shown up for a lot of people yet. Um, $600 in what? The past six months? Yeah, I know. It's ridiculous. Um, you know, which, uh, you know, I'm not saying that it, that it's not welcome and that it's not, you know, but for those people who are really struggling that's like a drop in the bucket. No, I know. So, and, and hopefully things will start opening up again soon with everything else that's going on. But, but anyway, um, you know, it's, it's really hard for musicians to make that decision of should we, or shouldn't we? Yeah, no, it's really scary, honestly. And that's something yeah. that we juggle with, with every single opportunity that we get. And especially when you're, when you're, you know, I'm not going to say anything directly when you're hearing about stuff that's not going to be going on even into 2021. And it's like, you start realizing, well, okay, there's a lot, there's a lot of bigger fish out there that are holding on that, that aren't doing things just yet because right. they feel like it's not the appropriate time to do it. Right. And you start looking at stuff like that and then you're like, okay, well, do I, do I want to be in their bad graces when they do get back to normal as well? Yeah. This is a lot of stuff, man, it's to think about. It's like, it's, it's very it's uncharted territory. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, we'll see. We'll, I hope. I hope what that are we you can... supposed to do? Yeah, but that's just it. Nobody's told us. Yeah, exactly. We don't know. We have no idea. I'm lucky too. I, I work a night shift job. Uh, 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 I do uh, uh, claims processing for like emergency dispatching. But right. Um, so I I was uh, almost unaffected because I worked from home for right. ten years anyway. Well, but I and I, I wasn't working from home, but right. I am now, course, and the yeah. company that I'm working for is saying, well. You may just work from home from now on. And that might be a good idea. Uh, yeah. But at the same time, like, uh, Anton didn't have a, a job at all. And so it, it, how many gigs did you play this year? You can probably count them on his fingers. No, <laughs> I, I've played. I've still played quite a bit, but especially in the last but few only months. Only because it's been you had to. But if you had the choice to not do that. Yeah, I mean, every time I be I, safe and, you know, do the right, right thing. Every time I go out, I get a little nervous about it. Especially when people want to come up and sing on your microphone and they yeah. want to. You know, they want to like come Scary. and like, shake your hand and mm-hmm. do all the, give you a hug. And you're just like, uh, I don't know. Maybe you just kind of like lay back a little bit, you know? know. And then, and then with me, you know, I'm not saying like my band, I'm saying me personally. Okay. I don't need 
to make the money. Yeah. So am I going to take the gig from the person who does? Right. Ooh, that's, that's a good something that's to think a, about. Wow, yeah. I never thought of that for a second. Yeah, you're right. You know, am I going to go and, and book myself, you know, because I want to keep my name out there when the person that could have had it needs money to eat? How can, you know, like I said, I, I, some of my guys, they, that this is their living. So I'm not talking about my band in general. I'm talking about my personal, like me personally. Yeah, totally. How, how can I be okay with the fact that I'm taking time, the very limited amount of gigs that are out there right now. And I'm going to take it from somebody who needs food. Yeah. Who needs to pay their electric bill, who, you know, so that's another thing, another layer of this whole thing for, for people who are musicians who, yes, want to keep their name relevant. But at the same time, if you don't need that spot, how can you take it from someone else? Right, right. I never thought of that for a second. Yeah, you're totally right. Yeah, Bill, I'm gonna stop now. booking festival gigs now since three of my three out of the four of us got day jobs. So you guys don't <laughs> need the gigs, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank so. you. It's just a way to look at it. No, no, totally, so. totally. That's and that's a really uh, that is a good way to look at it for sure. I didn't even think about that because I'm a selfish asshole. I just wants to get paid. <laughs> well, I mean, if that's your livelihood, if that's the way you pay your bills, why would you, you know, you know? Are you going to look at, at a, a musician and assume they have a day job? No. 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 You know what I mean? It's like we as musicians, everybody assumes when you see us out playing, that's what we do. Yeah. You know, that's our gig. But, you know, obviously that's not 100% true. So I'm going to go into it assuming that the other musicians, this is their, this is their gig. Yeah. So, and me knowing that I'm okay. I, I haven't missed a day of work. I was working in the office and now I'm working from home. And so I'm very, very fortunate. So how can I, how can I make someone else have to work that much harder? Right. Help so. musicians out by not playing. No, I'm just, it. it's put just. Put that on a t-shirt. No. That's hilarious. No, 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 no. I'm just no, 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 no. words, but it's a, good, uh, it's a really yes, great point are. that I didn't think about at all that like, yeah, yeah, I, Shit, I actually do have a job and everything, but I still you don't want the money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but, but but when but, but when you're for but when around. you're playing with other when you're in a band with other people yeah. who that is there, you know, sure. if you're not there, then they don't get paid. That is yeah. so that's true. That's just also so, I, so you need me. Yeah, uh, let's not make this weird though. Right? Uh, I'm not weird. Anyway, yeah. so that's a really good. Point, it's Mallory. it's just a, a really strange time that we're trying to to. But it's over right now, now, right? No. So yeah, 2021's here. 2020's gone. It's over. I was uh, that's normal. Uh, me and no. my girl- girlfriend were talking. Uh, I don't know. I don't really believe in astrology and any of that kind of stuff. But uh, this year, uh, I had no idea. 2020. They didn't bring it up once. China, the Chinese year of 2020 was year of the rat. Can you believe that? No one said anything about it. I don't <laughs> I know. I think you just told amazing. me. I, I had no idea. I was born in the year of the rat. Well, you know what. <laughs> I, I feel like I think I was too actually because because it, it rotates wrong. right. What, what? Me and you are snakes. We're snakes. Yeah, that makes total sense. <laughs> I'm, the same I'm a rat. I'm I'm how how when's your birthday again? July twentieth. July twenty. I'm three months older than you. Yeah. Isn't so that, isn't that adorable? It's, oh. <laughs> uh, I don't even uh, want to. 
<laughs> guys no. are babies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, Colonel Bruce could could guess your your age, just or guess your birthday just by uh, looking at your facial features, <laughs> yeah. which is insane. He's uh, just, pretty amazing. Yeah. So just for I'm not a big astrology guy either, but I was listening to Krasno's podcast. You need to stop coughing because you're making I'm me sorry. uncomfortable. Do you want me to leave? Or yeah, just just leave. <laughs> 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 See you later, Bill. Uh, <laughs> um, so I was listening. I don't know if you listen to Krasno's podcast. It's called. It's co- just called Krasno Plus One. Mm-hmm. It's really good. Cool. But he had a he had O'Teal on there recently. He was he was that, that was probably my favorite episode. But he it, and they were talking about uh, Colonel Bruce and like how into astrology he was. Oh yeah. And the whole like like how he could spot out aliens like they were like here <laughs> and then also. Uh, he goes like I'm not an a- like Colonel Bruce is like I'm not an alien I'm 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 extraterrestrial like I'm terrestrial just a little extra yeah <laughs> I was like I, I love that uh, O'Teal had some amazing stories about Colonel Bruce on, oh, yeah. on that on that episode it was really yeah good. I actually met O'Teal through Colonel Bruce oh you did oh yeah so you knew you you knew uh, the Colonel oh gosh yes yeah oh yeah what was he like <laughs> he sounds like, bird. He, he sounds like a wild character he. It, was definitely a wild character and it, to to the point where after you met him your life was just a little different that's what everybody says yeah. <laughs> and there's like the whole like like school of of, of colonel bruce hampton and all that stuff mm-hmm. it's like zambi yeah <laughs> <laughs> he it's, actually um seriously jokingly seriously asked me to marry him once colonel bruce yeah but not because he wanted to marry me as like you know, but he wanted to be in official trucks <laughs> <laughs> that's <Nice>. pretty wild <laughs> and so he's like yeah um it, i was in my early 20s at the time and he's like i will give you 500 dollars a week and you only have to see me on tuesdays or something <laughs> like that <laughs> it's like, it's like, but he only asked me because i was the only female trucks uh that was old enough to get married <laughs> oh my so god like, <laughs> he, uh, yeah he sounds he uh, sounds like he's he was a great. wild character he was there's he was something really great there's something like just after hearing interviews with people i, I i've seen interv- interviews with him too but it's always the stories of from other people that kind mm-hmm. of create this mysticism around him oh yeah and it's like and it's like at first you're kind of like, okay well it's kind of like maybe just bullshit or whatever maybe he's just a really good like he's really good at putting that on but then you hear people all these like consistent stories and then the fact that he like dies on stage with all of his people and it's like that he just kind of it's like you start to think that he just chose to do that yeah like that was like it didn't just like he he decided that was his moment to go I, i would not be surprised it's just like i don't know there's something there's something with people like that, it's just I don't know. Yeah. It's a again, I'm, I'm not like a big astrology person, but after, but like just hearing more and more about that guy, I'm just like I don't know. Maybe there is something to it. I mean, I don't it, know. He he was <laughs> he would blow your mind. You know, I mean, and I watched him several times. Just people would leave going, "What just happened?" <laughs> so because I mean, he was a very very different type of person, and everybody could see it could feel it but it wasn't something that was off-putting it was just it was a little sideways you know yeah <laughs> just a little sideways but he was he was amazing yeah so sounds like it 
Um, all right, it's unpopular, unpopular opinion time. Oh, boy. You guys ready? Are we there yet? Huh? Are we yeah, there we're yet? doing it. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Did you did you write all three of them down? Already? I've got two of them. I'm gonna get my next. I'm gonna get my next. My, I'm gonna get my last one before. Thanks a million for coming over. By the Thanks way, for having yeah, me. it was a lot of fun. Any, Thank you so time. much. Was my house hard to find? No. You're the first person to say that. Um, next time I'll answer my phone. It was just a little bit difficult getting a hold of him. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. No. I, I sat in the driveway for about ten minutes. I'm oh sure. my god, <laughs> ten minutes! Holy shit! What a douchebag I am. <laughs> God. At least you admit it. I just didn't know which doors. Two different front doors. Yeah, why? Well, yeah, like they call were... me two floors, Bill. I got two. I got two floors here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Don't laugh. You're gonna call. <laughs> 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 it hurts they, so they, bad. Then you have too. to leave again. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> have you ever tasted heaven in a glass? Do you pine for the hoppiest brews and palest ales? Do you like food? If so. Then Wicked Barley is the oasis that your mouth has been wishing for, walking into the complete barren wasteland that is your life. Wicked Barley is located in Jacksonville, Florida, nestled on the banks of Goodpeace Creek. Wicked Barley aims to provide its guests with a wicked experience, offering over 18 house-brewed beers, ciders, and meats on tap. They also have an expansive gastropub-style food menu, including burgers, salads, sandwiches, and more. Whether you are a newcomer or a craft beer connoisseur, there's a little something for everyone at Wicked Barley. Visit them at 4100 Bay Meadows Drive and tell them Bottom of the Bill sent you. I'm not sick. I swear to Christ, I'm not sick. I feel great, actually. But we've wanted to have you on for, for forever, honestly. And, and I'm very happy that you came over. Well, thank you. This was a lot of fun. And she's our 30th guest. Oh, you're the 30th guest. Yes, That's episode right. 30. On, on the first episode back. So it's 2021. Happy New Year. 2021. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. One more. Round One more board, round of cheers, Bill. Yeah, should we do it? Okay, let's do it. I mean, why not? All right, so I'm gonna do my first unpopular opinion. All right, first one of the year is going. I am to not a fan of ni- I'm not a fan of '90s R&B. Just gonna say it now. Wait, 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 wait. Does that include Genuine? That definitely includes Genuine. I don't want to be your friend anymore. Uh, Brandy. <laughs> uh, what? You're like, oh man. <laughs> what? I said it was unpopular. Jesus Christ. It's not that I. It's not that I, Name it's, somebody else you don't like, so I can react again. No. Uh, Wait. What about Destiny's Child? Uh, not a fan. <gasps> not what? a fan. There's there's some good catchy tunes. It's just and and their stuff was a little bit say more money, like upbeat money. and dancier than some of the other stuff. So it was a little bit. I don't know, man. It's just it's it's not that I don't think that that they're all Why talented. It's just that I doesn't touch your soul. It sounds whiny and annoying to me. <laughs> I just hear. I was like, "You got the way I said it was nicer." <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. That's I don't like to do that though. That's why other. That's why you're here to 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 to, to, to reinterpret it in ways you don't like. Genuine. I don't like '90s R&B. Just, just say you don't. Just generally the, speaking, look into the camera and say you don't like genuine. Not to say I don't like just genuine. Say it. Say it again. Not to say that I don't like. <laughs> I, I don't know his entire discography. I, there's probably a couple tunes that I would dig, but like at the end of the day, as a general rule. I hear 90s R&B. I'm like, we can just change this right now. Wow. <laughs> I totally well, just... That's an unpopular opinion. That's what they are. Um, How do you feel? Well... I feel like you agree with me. It's not that I agree with you. It's just... It's not anything I ever dug into. Yeah. So I couldn't tell you if I like it or not. Yeah. Um, the few things that I did hear, or, you know, obviously the, on the radio, it's not something that touched my soul yeah it's not something that's like oh i need to hear more of that it's not that i don't like it it's just it wasn't 
what I would dig into. Yeah. I, so. Well, there you go. Then, then let me rephrase that because I didn't dig into to it either. Like I didn't, I, I wasn't like really checking out all the albums coming out at the time. But for me, being like like younger at that time and just hearing what was on the radio, yeah, you were like eight years old when '90s R&B. And I was like, I don't like this oh, at up. all. Sorry, <laughs> I, well, that was that wasn't a slight turn. I'm just saying that I don't. <laughs> I would just start to say, but like I'm now listening back to it, really, okay, all right. Well, here's my uh, first unpopular opinion of 2021. Uh, Christmas should never end, and it should just be the entire year, and it should be just Merry Christmas all around oh. for the rest of the year. Christmas but music see, all the way through. It exhausting. Lose, it, would, it would lose its magic. No, if I could, I would have did. that Christmas tree up the entire year. And in fact, once I get my own house that I can have an extra room, I am 100% having a Christmas room. Where <laughs> just, it's just, it's Christmas in that room, and I can just sit there, and it'll be Christmas. Sounds exhausting. Well, never plan on having children, just, so... <laughs> and for sure when i become you know old and fat i'm going to be santa claus <laughs> i love christmas more than anybody you can the do the white beard and everything huh? yeah. absolutely <laughs> he'll probably still be orange but we'll we'll get orange bi- I'm, I'm ginger i'm not orange oh you finally admitted it yes, he I'm just old, okay. he's been in such a denial about his ginger a lot, roots a lot of people it's because he has no soul hey man i've got like three gingers in my band you can't <laughs> that is true that's that got to be hard to deal but, with uh, it's great uh, <laughs> but carrie won't admit that i'm ginger she's in denials too yeah she just won't be dating a ginger yeah yeah, exactly nobody would want to oh my god (laughs) (laughs) i love all my ginger friends out there i'm just saying yeah ginger no i don't know i say pride but anyway (laughs) (laughs) that's that's 2021 bud let's be careful hashtag ginger pride (laughs) oh boy i didn't want it i didn't mean to say that anyways (laughs) all right so my second unpopular opinion is kanye west might be a modern day prophet yeah (laughs) Uh, hundred percent disagree. With you. I can't. I can't. I'm no. not saying. I'm, no. I'm, no. I'm not saying that I like the guy. I'm not saying that I agree with with the way he portrays himself. I'm just saying that if someone comes out and they're that sure of themselves, there's a reason why they say things the way they say them. And I don't know, man. Look, if it happened two thousand years ago, it, ha- it could happen again now. I think this belongs yeah. to him. I'll say this. I'll say this twice. Kanye West is a megalomaniac with a support group, <laughs> and he and he honestly just just needs to go to therapy. Well, I'm just saying he, that's that's unpopular probably opinion. Probably get on with him. I would say. <laughs> anyway, uh, you would uh, definitely get along with him, Kanye. Yeah, yeah, because we both like '90s R&B, and you're both you're both total narcissists. I'm not a narcissist. <laughs> uh, 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 the climate of the oh, this is my second one. The climate of the Earth should be. Well below room temperature and should be sixty nine degrees at all time. Why? I, I I love I love the winter. Obviously, love Christmas. I'm not from he- around here, uh, from <laughs> Kentucky, uh, and where it never gets hot. Um, and I, it's I'm about good to with sixty nine degrees. Sixty nine degrees. That works for me. If they could figure that out, Back to the Future was twenty twenty five. No, actually, it was twenty fifteen. We're five years past it. We still haven't. Uh, uh, Six years past it. Oh, thank you. That's right, because it's 2021 now. Thank, thank you so much. But we still haven't figured out climate control. Oh, we figured it out. For the whole planet? You we think Mother Nature out. is going to... No. <laughs> no. No, 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 no. We're going to figure it out. No. We're gonna, we're gonna, no, we're not. We're going to raise and lower the ozone layer so that it can be just a perfect 69 <laughs> degrees. No, we're not. <laughs> no, we're not. Please, God, do not um, let them do unpopular that. Unpopular opinion, number two for me. All right. All right. right. Bring, uh, well, you, you got one, I got one, and then Melody's going to bring us home. Yeah. Uh, so 
I don't know if this is unpopular opinion or not, but uh, Christina Aguilera's "Dirty" was a great record. Um, what, what song is on that? "Dirty" and "Beautiful" and I "Fighter." Am beautiful. Yeah. yeah, actually, I'm gonna have to agree with you. That's that was, an amazing. That, was, that but I haven't listened to the whole record. The whole but record? I like that song. Chelsea and I a, a few weeks ago just got like hammered at the house and just started playing like old albums that we used to listen to. She's like, she said, I used to listen to Christina Aguilera when I was a kid, and I was like, well, she's very talented. Let's listen to this album. She might and be the, we the listened to, we most listened to, annoying singer live though of she, all time. She goes, Aah. she is. Uh, I can't like when I see her when I, when I watch the Voice a couple of times and she was like the like, one of the coaches. Voice. I can't st- like her personality bothers me. But she is such a talented She's person. A diva. Well, when I was a swing dancer, one of her songs was one of the songs that we would dance to. It's called Candyman. Candyman mm-hmm. was it off that, that record? That song. Yeah. I don't know if it was off that record. It was. It's a good record. I, I always called it Christina Aquilaria. <laughs> Why? Because it's funny. Okay. And I like to have fun. And no one here laughed at that. But well, you're Spock, <laughs> and you don't know what humor is because that's not logical to you. Anyways, what's your last unpopular opinion? My last unpopular opinion, and this is one everybody should come home to. The key to life is learning how to make love stay. Why is that an unpopular opinion? That's not, actually. That's just what I think. You're talking to somebody who just celebrated her 21st anniversary with her husband, so I'm good. How do you make... Do you got a secret on how to make love stay? Well, it's not a secret on how to make love stay. Yeah. It's understanding that marriage is not like this mystical, perfect world where everything is rosy and shiny all the time. Yeah. You've got to be with someone who you want to go through the deep, dark shit with when it comes along. Yeah. Like, who is going to be your battle partner when that shit, when it, when it happens, honestly? Or that person that you battle <laughs> and then get through it, you know? But, I mean, when, yes, I mean, of course you're going to have your battles with each other, but it's like we were talking about earlier. It's like, you know, you don't throw family away. Yeah. You know, and if you truly are with the person that you're you're supposed to be with, then... All of those things that, you know, and if you truly love them and if you truly understand what it means to love somebody else, then you're not going to do the shit that's going to make them want to leave. Right. And, you know, and vice versa. You know, if you truly love someone, you know, and based on, you know, your your relationship, you know, I'm not judging any anybody else's relationships and the way they structure it, but, you know, whatever their deal breakers are. You're not going to do those. Right. You know, everybody has their own deal breakers. Yeah. And, you know, whatever those are, if you truly love them, you won't do it. Maybe right. <laughs> maybe, maybe uh, later down the road, we'll start uh, a love line, midnight love line with Bill and Tony. <laughs> <laughs> I just got and, really and Special guest Mel on the side. If too. you guys just saw the... If you guys just saw... <laughs> if you saw the look that Billy just gave me... if. If you're listening right now on Spotify or Apple Music or something, you just saw the look that Bill gave me. That made me very uncomfortable. I'm sure it did. It was, you're in my house, but what do you want me to do? I would not make me uncomfortable in your house. Could've Jesus said, Christ. could have said no. <laughs> Anyways, Mel. Wow. Yes. Melody, please bring us home. What's your unpopular opinion? Um, well, it's not as deep as some of the stuff we talked about no, already, I but I don't care for Steely Dan. <gasps> Oh no! 
how that can is, you say that? That is an unpopular opinion. I love Steely Dan. I love I, him I, too. What, what what I've learned about Stevie uh, Steely Stevie Dan. Stevie Dan, yeah, Stevie, love that guy. Stevie Dan is just a, my mashup of Stevie Nicks and Steely Dan. <laughs> <laughs> but Steely Dan, what I learned about Steely Dan is like I loved all these songs and I didn't didn't know it was them. And so I'm just like, this is very unpopular. Yeah. This is very unpopular. That's, <laughs> that's okay. fine. That's what. That's why. It that's why we're doing it. Why don't you, I don't like them. So why what about them? Don't you like? Yeah. Why don't you like them? Um, they sound too much like the Eagles. I understand. No. no. <laughs> I, I honestly like. God damn it. I could tell you the psychology behind it. Sure. Maybe offline, but when I hear it it makes my spine cringe like and mm, i literally okay. want to like lash out at, it's like ugh, turn it off wow. I wanna, yeah it's it, i don't like it it's like i literally can't listen to it and it's they are incredible musicians yeah they are extremely talented i it's just something about steely dan hey, i can't listen to it that's that uh, out of all the unpopular opinions that were up here tonight that was probably the best one yeah that's definitely the most unpopular but i know what you mean i feel the same way when i hear billy's voice it really just <laughs> oh god which part just all of it Twang, you don't like that? I can't say that twang, especially that really just that 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 tone that your voice just always sits at that really shrill kind yeah. of like. Thing. Now I have a cold that I kind I'm kind of got a, a a radio voice going on right now. Yeah, right uh, now I can't. I hate it. I hate it so much. What are you Anyways, trying to say? This has been another episode of Bottom of the Bell. <laughs> yeah. Wait, now hang on. She's from. She, what was the name of the city that you're from? Watula. Watula. Uh, uh, what would you call somebody that you hire for an attorney? A lawyer? Thank you. It's a liar. It's not a liar. God damn it. It's <laughs> so annoying. Fun of me for a it. liar. Who says that? People from Kentucky. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. But. Anyways, guys. Thanks, Billy, for being here today. <laughs> Billy, we hope you don't give us COVID. I don't have COVID. I got negative, and I'm... I feel fine. I'm On the day of test, stuff. I'm just saying it's like thirty. They're like thirty percent accurate. That's okay. okay. Anyways, um, feel fine. Feel <laughs> fine. Uh, I'm coming for you if I get it. You know what? It's hundred <laughs> uh, percent uh, uh, granted. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, thanks for being here today, Melody. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's been a pleasure having you on. Thanks it was, for having it was me. A lot, this of fun. Is a lot of fun. Adios, muchachos. See you later. <laughs>